This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. What is creation? Did God create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? Does anyone really care? These questions and many more, including teaching tips and great resources, are presented in the Creation Science Podcast. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and it's my pleasure and honor to be your host. Some of these shows are from my Best of Creation Expos and other presentations I've completed throughout the years of teaching on this topic. I'm the owner of Media Angels, Inc., a publishing company that produces books, audios, and videos to help you and your family in your Christian walk. Check out my books and other podcasts at MediaAngels.com. To get the show notes for this broadcast, go to CreationSciencePodcast.com. And now, let's learn together. Hi, folks. In geology, the study of rock layers is called stratigraphy, meaning description of the strata. Modern stratigraphy is supposed to reveal the history of the Earth, but does it? Before we get started, just a quick reminder. I have lots of resources on geology from a biblical perspective at my website, northwestrockandfossil.com. I've now written 24 textbooks designed to equip the student in a biblical view of Earth history from pre-K through adult. Okay, back to our topic for today, what do the rock layers show? One of the most confusing things for believers in the Bible is how to reconcile what secular geologists tell us about rock layers and their ancient ages versus the biblical chronology, which teaches just the opposite. Of course, if the secular geologists are right in what they say about the rock layers, then there just is no way that we can believe what the Bible tells us. It's that simple. So that is what we want to take a look at today. What do the rock layers actually tell us about the age of the earth? What do they actually show? Let's back up a few hundred years and see just how scientists of the late 1700s and 1800s came to the conclusion that the rock layers seen in the earth were very old. Most people today would simply say that geologists used radiometric dating to tell them that the earth's rock layers were old. But remember, Radiometric dating had not been developed until the 20th century, and in fact, radioactivity was not even discovered until 1897, a hundred years after the beginning of modern geology. Also, remember that rocks and fossils have no ages or dates stamped on them. There is therefore no scientific or observable way to tell how old the rock layers are. Up until the late 1700s, geology as we know it did not exist. The rock layers were studied in light of the Genesis flood. People by and large accepted the history of the earth as presented in Genesis. The view that the scriptures were given by God was a universal view, that is, until the 1700s. 
In the late 1700s, something catastrophic began to shake Western civilization. A movement known as the Enlightenment was developing among the intellectual elite in Europe and began to radically influence thinking about God, church, the scriptures, and Western civilization. No longer was it a given that God had created the earth and everything in it a short time ago, or that a global flood had invaded the earth. These Enlightenment ideas were not outright statements of atheism. They were much more subtle. It was still socially unacceptable to be an atheist. It did not fit into society. Rather, those who embraced these ideas called themselves deists. Deism taught that God had created the earth at some remote time in the past, but was not involved in nature, as the Bible had recorded. It was in this climate that modern geology began. The father of modern geology, James Hutton, stated, the earth is older than what the Bible says because it looks older. He went on to state that the rock layers that we see all around us must have been formed over perhaps millions of years of slow and natural geological processes. The word he used to describe this idea was uniformitarianism, which meant that what was observed in the earth's rocks were not the result of God's intervention into nature, such as Noah's flood, but of natural geological processes operating over millions of years. And so, modern geology, the geology of today, began to develop into a totally naturalistic interpretation of the rock layers. What do modern geologists see in the rock layers that would make them think they are millions of years old? Do the rock layers actually show that they are old? Well, not at all. A set of rock layers can give the appearance of age simply by having been subjected to rapid and severe erosion. Many outdoor statues and building structures reflect this in the pockmarks and discoloration from acid rain and modern pollution. But continuing with our story, in the 1830s, a man by the name of William Smith, a geological engineer in England, noticed fossil marine shells of certain creatures in some rock layers and not in others. The popular scholarly view in his day held to a type of catastrophism. Smith's conclusion was that there most likely had been successive creations and catastrophes, newly created creatures followed by catastrophes such as Noah's flood, among others. In other words, a catastrophism that was unrelated to the scriptures. This opened the door to the idea of fossil succession through time, which was a precursor to evolution. But I can find no professional science people of the time who understood the biblical narrative of the flood and its geological implications. 
they all seemed to brush it off as inconsequential. In all these various developments, geologists of that time and following never considered the historical account of the flood recorded in Genesis as a viable geological explanation for the rock layers. The idea that naturalistic processes shaped the earth over a long period of time was the only way to explain earth's geology. And that idea became fully entrenched in Western society by the end of the 1800s. By the 1850s, the idea that the variety of marine fossils were the result of evolutionary processes became fully expressed in Darwin's book published in 1859 on the origin of species. The search for fossils in the rock layers was on in full force. In secular geology today, fossils are the key to arranging the rock layers in an order that portrays hundreds of millions of years of slowly developing evolution. To most scientists, the rocks are old because the fossils in them show the fact of evolution over hundreds of millions of years. And that's all there is to it. We are taught that fossils tell us how old the rocks are. And the rock layers are old because they preserve a record of evolutionary history in the fossils, which must have taken a long period of time. And of course, no one stopped to ask the question, isn't this a little bit of circular reasoning? In order to use fossils to date rocks, there must be a belief that evolution is a fact and that fossils represent various stages of evolutionary growth. But has this ever been observed? No, it has simply been inferred. But if evolution did not take place and it is simply just an idea, then we are back to our starting point. What do the rock layers actually show? Now, rock layers are just that, rock layers. Some contain fossils and some don't. How the fossils got there is the mystery. Is there any way that we can scientifically put an age on the rocks and the fossils? No, there isn't. There is, however, an alternative view to dating rocks that is rooted in history that could provide us with a historical framework in which to interpret the rock layers and the fossils. The uniformitarian framework claims to be the true representation of Earth history. But no one has observed it much beyond 200 years and it denies anything to do with the historical Genesis Flood, which took place over 4,000 years before uniformitarianism was invented. Therefore, the uniformitarian view is not even a proper historical viewpoint, nor is it completely science. To interpret rock layers and fossils within this framework deceives us 
as to a legitimate alternative view of the history of the earth, namely the Genesis Flood. Given the historical framework of the Genesis Flood, a totally different picture surfaces for the origin of the rock layers and the abundance of the fossils they contain. The very first thing we realize from the rock layers is that the earth we see today was not the earth that was originally created before the flood. What we see today is a globally damaged and scarred earth, a remnant of the beauty that God put here in Genesis chapter 1. The earth was a very different place before the flood. Think of these. First, climate was different, not the extremes that we see today. The fossils indicate a much more lush and vegetative environment. The plants were larger, and so were many of the animals. Add to that, the Genesis early chronologies indicate that pre-flood man lived hundreds of years longer than modern man. Also, the disease and sickness that we are constantly fighting today did not seem to be present. And geological processes that produced devastating erosion recorded in the rock layers were non-existent before the flood, according to the Genesis narrative. And finally, although death began at the fall, shortly after the creation, the overwhelming evidence of death we observe in the rock layers was a result of an overwhelming global destructive flood, not gradual changes over millions of years. The sparse examples of modern fossils are quite unlike the abundance of fossils that we observe in the rock record. Very few fossils form today. Those that we do observe are formed under very unique circumstances. This tells us that the nature of the fossils in the rock record must have been formed under totally different conditions. Catastrophic water and mud conditions prevail in the sedimentary fossil-bearing rocks that we find. Extinction is another phenomenon we observe in the rock record. Unlike today, where extinction is gradual and isolated, Massive amounts of plants and animals seem to have suddenly disappeared in mass graveyards and then were quickly hardened into stone. What then do the rock layers show? They show various kinds of rocks, many mixed together. They also show varieties of fossilized plants and animals, many of which are now extinct. You see an abundance of minerals and precious ores that are not being replaced today. Extreme deformities are exhibited in landforms worldwide, some stretching for hundreds of miles. You can see rock layers with flat contacts between layers, indicating very little time for erosion. And you see catastrophism on a grand scale most of the fossils show disarticulation and scattering. 
Rock layers are just that, layers of rock stacked on top of one another. It is the interpretation of these that builds a particular view of their origin. There is no science which could authenticate how old these things are or how they originated. Well, what about radiometric dating for these layers? Radiometric dating does not help us as it, in itself, involves a lot of interpretation as assumption to make it work. And that is a whole subject on its own. I would suggest you might want to listen to my podcast on Has Radiometric Dating Poisoned Your Faith? We have to pay more attention to our scriptural historical presentation to build a solid scriptural worldview of earth history. We have to know these scriptures and know how to use them to interpret what we see in the rock layers. It's been my experience that most believers do not know their scriptures and especially Genesis. I want to challenge you to take more time and effort to understand the precious writings that God has given us. Well, that will end our talk for today, the rock layers and what they actually show. Take a look at my website, northwestrockandfossil.com, for material that will help you build a stronger biblical worldview in geology. So long for now. Thanks so much for listening to the Creation Science Podcast. You can find the show notes at creationsciencepodcast.com. And as always, reach out to me, Felice Gerwitz, at felice at mediaangels.com. Take care, God bless, and I hope you enjoy teaching your children and learning about the beautiful world that God created. Please share this broadcast with a friend, and thanks so much.